Exploring the healing and culture building practices of embodied anti-racism. This is With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. Good afternoon from Kansas City, Missouri area. That's where I am right now. Uh, I am Reverend Kelly Isola and I am with my um, co-conspirator. Uh, I like that, co-conspirator. Yeah, I, I did too. Reverend Ogan Holder. He's also He's my... not in the Kansas City area. No, my partner in crime, my partner in consciousness, my co-conspirator, and welcome to With Love and Justice for All, where we have conversations around embodied anti-racism, dismantling oppression, uh, and the special challenges that arise as spiritual seekers and within spiritual communities. Um, and we talk about everything. Today is, uh, I'm actually really looking forward to today's conversation. But um, before we go there, want to remind the listeners that if you're listening live right now, you can join the conversation by calling into 816-251-3555, or you can message us on Facebook or Instagram, uh, and our our uh, name, our, oh gosh, why do I always blank on that word? Our, I, Handle? I, our tag hey. is at get our holy on. So at, yes, thank you. At get our holy on, whether on Facebook or Instagram. And we also are uh, live streaming um, to our Project Sanctus Facebook page right now, but that video will live there, um, you know, beyond today. So, uh, so yes, you can also uh, comment on Facebook yeah. while you're watching. While you're watching and even whether you're watching live or later on, certainly. There, there, there you go. And we'll put some links in there of things that we talk about or, or references. So today we are talking about reconstruction. Um, Build it back. That's right. America's unfinished revolution. Uh, yeah. Pivotal moments as we close up. We have another week left to February, um, Black History Month, but we wanted to... Um, uh, finish talking about uh, reconstruction. We wanted to to close out the month of February. Between 1863 and 1877, the U.S. government uh, undertook the task of integrating nearly four million formerly enslaved people into society after the Civil War. And um, Reconstruction saw white slaveholding in the South was had been forced to change its economic, political, and social relations with African Americans. And if you if you didn't know, the current, uh, pretty much every system within our, our culture, within America, um, but our economic system is built, it comes from uh, the economy of slavery. Um, so uh, that you'll hear more about that as kind of we go forward. But the war, um, you know, and we're going to go into a little his, history about, you know, the origins of, of Reconstruction, but it really, it pushed for political changes, it pushed for Reconstruction, pushed for egalitarian society, it really, it was very short-lived and very um, contentious and um, it's, and didn't take long to dismantle it, um, but it was, um, but for that short period of time, enslaved um, Blacks, really, they, there's a lot, I think, that, that people don't know uh, about Reconstruction and, and some of the briefly lived um, strides that were made that then were dismantled and, and taken back, of course, from Jim Crow laws. But that's, it's one of the reasons referring it to America's unfinished revolution. So. Yeah, uh, we we were not we uh, it 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 reconstruction was happening and it it was good. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that that we have to understand um, around reconstruction and why actually um, it had to be um, uh, supported slash enforced by by federal troops was. Um, in the South especially, was, yes, the Emancipation Proclamation happened, but uh, bringing an end to the enslavement of people in the United States. But that didn't mean the attitudes around enslavement changed. 
right. uh, especially in the South. And, and, you know, you mentioned the economy things. Um, what happened for a lot of enslaved people was that uh, the economy shifted from slavery to sharecropping, yeah. which was basically um, continue to work in the fields and we will give you basically pennies on pennies on the dollar uh, for your work, nothing to, nothing to, um, um, the, the, it was not a livable wage by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and it upgrade and to indentured servitude, pretty much. Um, and, and, uh, people of color, even though they were free, were still living under abhorrent, uh, yeah. conditions. Um, yeah. so, so things initially weren't going great and and as we know even after after the emancipation proclamation it was uh how many years till till you know the news reached the last of enslaved people in in, in texas it was a couple of years and and we celebrate that happening um on, on what we call juneteenth um but but during the time after like i said after the after the civil war and um uh, it was president andrew johnson who said like we 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 he created the uh, I guess the reconstruction I don't think it was an, an act but it was it was an idea of we have to now uh, uh, build up the South and um, we realized that yes uh, people aren't going to be fans of this idea of allowing people of color these formerly enslaved black people to do things like open businesses hold government office have rights basic human rights. So um, federal federal troops were sent in to help help enforce and support that as former slave owners and other racist white people of the time uh, pushed back um, against Reconstruction. So uh, can I back us up a little? Sure. Yeah, because I want to um, I, I want to. Um go i want to have us go a little bit into um uh you know the the a little bit more detail about reconstruction because what we're also going to presence what we're presencing here is that um there's three reconstructions um that we're going to talk about and so there's twice when um twice in our in u.s history when the government saw you know, the mistreatment of Black Americans as something that, that you know, not to tolerate. The first Reconstruction, which you're talking about, followed the Civil War. The second Reconstruction was a civil rights movement that we're not going to uh, go into a huge amount. But now what we have is if you're, if you've ever heard of Reverend William Barber, um, he, uh, he actually has a book that's um, on the third Reconstruction, which is a moral He's calling for a moral movement uh, and that that's uh, the third reconstruction. Not only um, just a moral movement, but he's calling on on the yes. federal government to yeah. basically support uh, yeah. that that moral movement and to use its power right. to 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 shift yeah. the policies that still have uh, the tendrils of systemic racism running through it. So, and we're going to um, take a, certainly a deeper dive into that, the third reconstruction, because uh, I think, because it's, he's Reverend William Barber and the Poor People's Campaign, he picked up um, the Poor People's Campaign um, that Martin Luther King Jr. had begun. Um, and he, back in 2000, oh, I'm not, uh, 2000, 2013 is when he really started moving the uh the poor people's campaign he really he had been very active in north carolina and then started moving it across the country and the moral mondays is what he um was starting to move across the country but um you know i want to say a little bit about um the emancipation and reconstruction because i don't think especially some of the 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 things that went on not in terms of like what you were referring to in dismantling it and troops coming in and what were the, there's also some pieces of, you know, um, formerly enslaved blacks being elected to office, you know, to Congress, to Senate. So anyway, um, but um, 
there, interestingly enough, um, Abraham Lincoln did not initially have the abolition of slavery um, as part of the goal of the war. Um, and some radical abolitionists uh, started, you know, pushing back and got very vocal and um, and eventually um, uh, it was, you know, in response to, to Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation, he did, you know, freed, um, it did come to, to you know, the, he did put forward the end of slavery. But um, one of the, uh, so one of the pieces that I have found fascinating um, about Reconstruction is when, when you read about it and you hear, you know, the conversation around Republican Party and Democratic Party, that they're the opposite at the time of Lincoln in terms of, I would just say the opposite in terms of maybe like values and policies and, you know, what they're committed to is like the complete opposite of what we have today with Republican and Democrat. Um, it was the Republican Or as Party. they referred to it in Stranger Things, it was the upside down. Yes, yes. Yeah, so during Reconstruction, it was the Republican Party in the South that represented the coalition of Black people who made up the overwhelming majority of Republican voters in the region. So not only was did, you know, um, uh, Black people have, could vote, but the overwhelming majority of them were Republicans, um, which I think if you hear that now and you think about Republicans in the South, it, it's like the com- complete a different, opposite. A different, a, different, a different image comes to mind. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so um, um, and um, anyway, so it was I just think that's just something really um that I don't know that most people are aware of in terms of the Republican and Democrat, but the, um, but the Republican party in the South, that was mostly, you know, that had a huge majority of um, um, black people um, in the North, the white Republicans from the, from the North. Um, it also, the Republican party also included what were called carpetbaggers and scallywags. Um, uh, as white Republicans from the North and South were were known, so I, I just you know interesting Is it bad that you say that, and I and I'm like <laughs> sounds like something Joe Biden would say. <laughs> yeah, I know that seems I'm like throw it in with malarkey. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, you bad bad people. You know, uh, <sighs> it's yeah. I know maybe at the time they were much stronger, more derogatory terms, carpetbaggers and scallywags. I'm sure I'm, there were. I'm sure, they were. But, um, you know, the emancipation um, just, it was large scale social revolution. Yeah. Um, And um, over the, you know, again, it was short lived. um, um, But he, you know, Lincoln was really looking at ways to, because the South was, was, um, uh, had been, it it was just devastating. and as you were pointing out, you know, yes, their emancipation and and freed and still still in basically slavery. If I want to try to have some little amount of money to feed my family, um, so uh, but he because he was assassinated, um, and then Andrew Johnson um, uh, was elected, and he. Uh, he sort of um, through Johnson and and subsequent leaders, it really just started to to become dismantled. Uh, I don't yeah. know that um, you know even in 1866 when Congress passed the Freedmen's Bureau and Civil Rights Bills, um, you know it just um, it, that's one of those that that got chipped away and chipped away and chipped away. Um, and then he's eventually Johnson's um, impeached. So um, it just, uh, I guess one of the things that I find really fascinating about it is one of the things I've discovered is that when it's almost like what we're in right now, because of the, the that swap of Republican and Democrat, that when you look at the eventually, you know, comes the 1876 election, um, 
and then that's really what sealed the end of, yeah. of Reconstruction. But when you start reading about it, it it starts, it's very uh, creepy, for lack of a better word, in how similar that election was to the election of Donald Trump. So, so I'm going to back you up now. Yeah. <laughs> and let's, and, and, and talk a little bit about what what it was like during those first years of reconstruction um that that um garnered a lot of pushback so so you 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 said uh you know <clears throat> formerly enslaved people were could now vote in elections but not only could they vote they could they could run for office right and 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 some of them some of them won seats uh for office in in their you know local and state governments but also even in US congress right so we had we had um some of the first black um congressmen um or um to to be elected um Hiram Rhodes Revels um was the first black member of congress elected in 1870 um and uh, as you say uh the 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 parties were reversed so the so it was Democrats who who were trying to to, to block him um, from mm. being from 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 taking his seat. But um, but in addition to that, we had uh, the South um, had its first state funded public schools. There were more ec- equitable uh, taxation laws. There was uh, laws against racial discrimination in public transportation. Um, there were economic development programs. Um, um, in, in, including the railroads and and other enterprises, it was it was like a burgeoning yeah. of 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 black culture and black life, black economy. Um, this this was beginning to to happen, and of course the the um, white supremacy attitudes, because they didn't change in the South. What happened was. Um, Little by little, a lot of state legislatures passed what we call uh, black codes. Yeah, and these were again laws that limited what uh, people of color could do uh, during during that during that time. Um, um, for example, um, you know we had the the Thirteenth Amendment, which was basically the uh, you know the emancip- not the Emancipation Proclamation, but it was the amendment of the Constitution that says uh, people could not be enslaved anymore in the United States, except, except as punishment for a crime. Right. Right. And then you were basically, it was basically you were sentenced to hard labor. So, so because of that little acceptance punishment for crime, these, a lot of black codes were passed that criminalized you know, it was the beginning of, you know, how, how today we have the, like, you know, people getting in, black people getting in trouble with law enforcement for just living their daily lives. For you know, sleeping jogging, well black, shopping, shopping well black, jogging well black, barbecuing well black, bird watching well black. You've seen all the hashtags, all the memes. Um, but that was the beginning of this. Things like loitering and vagrancy codes, like, like, you know, three or four black people just standing around talking were considered loitering and vagrants and could be convicted mm. and sent to jail. And and the the punishment was, you know, hard labor. Um, um, and, and they received like virtually no money for this, of course, because it's 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 a it's a jail sentence. Um, and um, it was it, it was a mess. So these codes continually were being um, passed, implemented, um, and, and enforced um, in the South. And um, uh, like like I said, there was there was the, there there was that in order to to uh, there's some objection to these codes happening, and in order to continue to enforce that that uh, amendment. Um, and the and the loopholes that were found in it. Um, this is this is when after the Civil War and, and, and continuing. This is when um, federal troops were kind of sent in to sort of oversee things. So there was this there was yeah. this, this tension of of you know free free formerly enslaved people and these black codes, and then 
um, troops being sent in to uh, to try to enforce or or uh, uh, create a buffer, um, a, a, if you will, so that these now newly freed black people can continue being free and um, and things were pretty much going well ish, I guess. <laughs> until the election you mentioned so let's pick it up from there this was the election of of 18 what it was 1876 so yeah so so talk a little bit about what happened there yeah so um uh um it, it you know what i found um disturbing you know what i have found disturbing about the election uh, of 1876 it um which ended reconstruction um and uh really enforced even more so these black codes which um you know it was this sidebar uh that you mentioned Hiram Revels as uh first um black man elected to senate um, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was another hundred years before another black man was, uh, elected, uh, to the Senate mm-hmm. Edward yeah. Brook. a hundred years. Um, so the, so in, when you look at, um, it, it was, it was one of these elections that, um, that the results of the presidential election, it's just, it's creepy how looking at the results of the election had that, well, here's the popular vote, here's the electoral vote. Um, and um, there were a handful of electoral votes that were in dispute. Um, mm-hmm. So Congress convened to settle it. And that was the beginning of the end of Reconstruction. And, yeah. you know, I'm like, uh, you know, welcome to January 6th, 2021. Um, so, so a, a, a few of the facts, uh, uh, Samuel Tilden was the Democratic candidate. And remember back then the Democrats were, 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 were against reconstruction. They were against, uh, yep. you know, they were, they, for lack of a better term, they were the party that were, that was, that was more embedded in the white supremacy ideals. Yes. Okay? And then there was a Republican opponent, uh, Rutherford B. Hayes. Yep. And who was elected who was who was who was who was elected um but but the election was contested right um by the by the democrats and, right. and there was a point when they were both declaring themselves the winner yep. uh and it kept just being in in deadlock and that's when we had the compromise that's an interesting word the compromise of 18 77 which basically uh was was um rutherford hayes said to the folks in the south uh we will we will back away from any sort of federal intervention in how you guys run your states basically if you don't dispute that i won the election yeah and when that happened and that did happen when that happened and any sort of federal support for reconstruction was withdrawn. Hayes was, uh, yeah, all the else. troops, all the troops were withdrawn. Yeah. Any, all the support for the Republicans, um, and the, you know, the governorships and yeah. everything that had been in place to support the reconstruction he had removed. And when that happened, then basically all the reconstruction policies were reversed ASAP. Yep. And and things basically went back to all but slavery uh, again. It was it was the it was the beginning. It was it was the the, the birth of of what we would know as 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 the Jim Crow era. Yeah. Um. Um. These these just horrific Jim Crow laws were were put into place um there was there was actually there was actually a coup in in wilmington uh north carolina yeah wilmington north carolina whereby the elected black uh the the elected party the elected government um that was uh i believe it was a biracial um 
set of, of folks who were running the government were overthrown by white supremacists and ousted from government. Um, there were there were lynchings, there were race riots. It was it was a nightmare that happened because of this compromise of 1877, and all that work was set back. And there are days there are days where I can't imagine what it might have been like if Reconstruction had been allowed to stay in place yeah. and, and progress. I get, I get the sense that it wouldn't have been perfect yet, of course, because I don't think um, those, um, what we call the white supremacy culture norms would have dissipated by now. But I get the feeling that where we are in the state of things in 2022, we might've been there in, oh, I don't know, 1922. <laughs> Well, I, I, I guess um, I would wonder, do you think that, you know, today, like you mentioned at the opening of the show of, um, um, you know, Ahmad well, hold, Arbery. Hold, hold that thought, because okay. we can come back to those imaginings, because we got a break coming up. Um, um, and we'll hear from uh, some ads and maybe some sponsors. And then we're going to come right back with the rest of With Love and Justice for All. You're listening to With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. All right. Welcome back to With Love and Justice for All. We are talking about Reconstruction, um, um, basically the the first, and they were three. Um, and um, uh, we left on break uh, throwing out sort of like an imagining of what and where and how this country might look if Reconstruction had been allowed to continue. And you were just about, uh, Kelly, to, to dive into dive into your imaginings or... Well, I don't know yeah, I just, um, you know, wondering, um, you know, today, earlier today, uh, the three defendants that were convicted of killing Ahmaud Arbery today uh, were convicted. It's considered, the murder was considered a hate crime. So, um, and I, I guess what my wondering is, um, and this is to, to, to put a point on that federal. So, so they were tried, they were tried in the state of Georgia, all found guilty. And now, and then they had a second trial at the, for violating federal hate crime laws. And now they're also found guilty uh, of of that. So it was, was, there were two trials. So uh, I guess my, my wondering is had, you know, um, reconstruction not ended and, and you're, you know, talk about the imagining, you know, mm-hmm. we, we, I imagine we would have less racialized culture now. Um, yeah. And, but I, I curious to what degree. And, and I guess part of my curiosity is would there have been, you know, an Ahmad Arbery <clears throat> a murder trial, you know, or George Floyd, or would there be, to what extent would there be this, jogging while black you know reading while black shopping while black and and um the you know and then the federal um um conviction that just came in that's a hate crime like would that even have been in the picture i don't i don't i'm not trying to sound naive or stupid or no 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 those are those are those are very valid questions would you know how how much would attitudes change um, across the board if reconstruction had been allowed to continue and i think and i think we may have gotten a taste of that with the second reconstruction the civil rights era mm-hmm. so 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 uh the the jim crow laws that sprung up in the south uh as a result of that compromise uh you know and we've 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 seen we we've seen the the images we've seen the video clips we've seen pictures of lynchings we've seen uh, we've seen the horror of of postcards made of pictures of lynchings that that people used to send to each other. Uh, we've heard the "Don't let the sun don't let the sun go down on you" uh, stories. We've um, and and we saw out of that 
of the civil rights movement arise, which was basically the the, the pushing back against the Jim Crow laws that were basically uh, in defiance of the Constitution. So, for example, a good example of this is is voting rights. Right, that was a that was a big piece voting, um, of the civil rights movement passing the Voting Rights Act, which uh, again with the emancip- with the Thirteenth Amendment. Um, formerly enslaved people, Black people, earned the right to vote. But Jim Crow laws, starting with the Black codes and then Jim Crow laws, uh, made this next to impossible. Things like literacy tests were put in place. There were there were stories of people going to polling stations and, and before they could vote, they had to guess the number of beans in a jar uh, and just ridiculous things like that. There was horrific abuses um, meant to scare people away from from voting um uh, and and again i'm just this is just one category many categories you can think of but but out of this sprung um you know and and the civil rights movement of which there were hundreds of people involved uh, you know we best know the face of it um in martin luther king jr um but 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 the idea of using things like uh you know non-resistance um and and uh as a form of protest um, came out during this time. And, and we saw, we saw the, the, the grainy video footage of, of, of Bull Connors uh, police and firemen turning the hoses on, on, on children and protesters and the dogs. And, uh, and, and, and when, when the rest of America saw what was going on, yes, there was, there was a, a little bit of a shift in, in consciousness to say, yes, let's, let's pass the Voting Rights Act. Let's pass some some civil rights legislation because we're not living up to the ideal that was set in the Thirteenth Amendment. We're we're not in integrity with ourselves as a culture. So 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 that happened in not that long ago, folks. Nineteen sixties, right or fifties rather. Um, so it wasn't that long ago. But yet again, even though that happened, and there was definitely. A, a, a push towards establish more, establishing more of a sense of equality, attitudes still remained. Yeah. And, we, and, we, and we see those attitudes playing out today in, in, in so many ways, not just the you know, invisible systemic ways, but the overt ways. You know, we mentioned Ahmaud Arbery, who was, who was chased down by three white men and shot while jogging even when they had absolutely no proof that he was a criminal. And even if they had proof he was a criminal, we don't live in a vigilante society, right? Um, and, and the fact that their attitude was, we will get away with this because here's a, one of the three dudes was recording it on his cell phone. And not only did he record it on the video of it on his cell phone, but authorities in the South saw the video and did nothing. My, my my favorite meme of the time uh, of the period was they weren't they weren't arrested because the authorities saw the video they were arrested because the public eventually right. saw the video and and there was this out, outrage about it right. you know uh we, we we know of george floyd's murder and 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 what that sparked we know going further back uh, uh trayvon martin's murder uh, Mike Brown's murder that, that that led to the rise of the Black Lives Matter movement. So 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 still still attitudes continue to this day, but but that second reconstruction um, um, of the civil rights movement happened. Now fast forward to I don't know if you want to say anything more about that before we head into. No, I just it's I re- pointing back to America's unfinished revolution. Yes, um, I just it, there's something about that 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 allows me to it supports me as a a white body to to I have to to stay in the fight that, you know, we talked last week, I think it was last week or week before that, you know, black history is American history. Yes. You know that it's it's and it's still being written. And this is one of the the ways that I remind myself and hold on to that. This is America's unfinished revolution. And 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 speaking of it being history um it's black history is american history and the atrocities committed to black people is also part of american history yeah and and this recent this recent push by states to pass laws that say 
if if that you can't talk and teach about this if it makes our children uncomfortable is yes. very disturbing because that's again another whitewashing mm-hmm. of history it's like it's like it's like the move towards equality and equity in this country is like five steps forward three steps back five steps forward three steps back five steps forward three steps back or sometimes four steps back right so so it's it's and 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 it's it's fascinating that that the people who are pushing for these laws don't see anything remotely disturbing about this. Right. You and, know, and- to, to you, when you talk, you know, talking about the, you know, the laws that are being put in place, mm-hmm. um, the uh, banning, you know, curriculum from schools, the book burning, yeah. the, the insanity of, of the book burning is that one mouse, you know, that book called mouse yeah, about, the that's a, yeah. about the Holocaust the of course you would want to ban that i don't think most people know that the nazis built their caste system and their own horror and um violence they were inspired by the jim crow laws yes 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 they were i think that's i think that's becoming a more and more common knowledge now but but yes that that not among a lot of white folks i know well you know I think again it's one of those things where if we don't talk about it, it doesn't exist, right? right? And 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 we talk about intersectionality along with that. Don't talk about racial things because that'll make us our children uncomfortable. Along the lines of that, uh, for example, in Florida, it's like don't talk about sexuality as well. Right. Um, and 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 an amendment to the law that's moving through Florida now. It's like um, um, teachers are now going to be required. If they, if a child, and this is all at the elementary school level, by the way, is my understanding. If a child, which, you know, and and many children by what is elementary school up to sixth grade, by sixth grade, uh, no, no, even if they don't have words to articulate it, they know if they are queer, right? And if a teacher realizes this, they're the one of the amendments to the law is that they are now mandated to out that child to his parents within six weeks of realizing this. And the 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 insanity and the horror that yeah. ensues from, from forcing a child to be outed is I can't even begin to describe. But the issue is the issue is um many of us are not talking about this enough. Uh, right. Because we, I, I think for some of us, we feel things aren't that bad, um, and 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 especially in our spiritual communities, I would, I, I, I wonder how much of this is being talked about in our spiritual communities. I'm going to take a wild guess and say not a lot, again because of certainly the, not enough. Let's let's not talk about the issues that make us uncomfortable, right? That make white people uncomfortable. Well, yes, especially white people, but let's be clear. Some black folk too. Yes. Be, because it's not it's 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 making it's making some people across the board uncomfortable because it's not a thing that seems to foster that that, you know, what I like to call the bliss bunny feeling of love and oneness. Yeah, I just yeah. uh I'm going to come down harder on myself and and white bodies. Uh, because we are in the position of power, I give you permission to. And so, thank you. Uh, and not that I, not, not that not I had that you to. needed. Yeah, not that you needed. <laughs> um, but I'm going to come down harder because you know, white bodies is the position of power, the yes. eternalized supremacy, and so everything is directed to making the power position comfortable. Yes. So, um, which is. And you're you're talking about spiritual communities, which is, you know, part of this third reconstruction that, you know, that we started bringing up is um, that um, that Reverend William Barber, um, the poor people's campaign, um, he uh, started calling this is this is this effort um, to uh, to dismantle racist policies and structures. Um, and it's, you know, he's slowly gaining traction. Um, he's, he's not a young man, but he's very verbal and he's, he's, it's just, it's a moral thing. He, he comes down hard on, this is a, 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 you know, 
uh, our moral um, stance. And so that's kind of, so, which is for me, it's one of the things of why spiritual communities have lasted for centuries is we have turned to our spiritual leaders and we have turned to our spiritual communities to support us in our, you know, not just because morals are kind of built into our spiritual principles. They're built into our theology. And, and what is, what is your spiritual beliefs and your theology say about, you know, morals and, and, and human rights and, you know, equity. And, and, you know, we have all this language, particularly in new thought about, you know, every human is inherently whole and divine. And I'm like, well, now show me that. Yeah. Yeah. How do we, how do we make that? How do we take that from a conscious reality to a, like I said, uh, a five century in this, in this world (laughs) reality. Right. And just, just holding it in intention is not going to do it. Right. Just meditating on it is not going to do it. We also, we also have to be in action uh, towards doing it. And, 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 and again, always the connection is that uh, we do it from a place of, of um, heart centeredness, right. We don't do it from a place of hate, retribution, bitterness, so there is so is there is the idea of we use the spiritual practices to get us centered to know what heart centered actions we can take towards creating that ideal that we envision um but it it's it's got to begin by talking about it yeah. and naming it and you know if we're scared to say the words racism and white supremacy out loud then sort of what 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 hope do we have uh you know and and um, we we uh, forget we, we talked about this in our IG live post earlier today about about the getting stuck in the fragility and the dis and the discomfort of it. Yes, it's uncomfortable, and guess what? You can move through discomfort. It's supposed to be right. I move through in a forward direction, not a backward direction. <laughs> Who said it was going to be easy, comfortable? You know, I just do a little bit, and then you know, I just yeah. have to see it right. Blah, you know. Yes. So, um, so makes me a little crazy. So back to Reverend William Barber's uh, third reconstruction, and, and he has a book. And um, on our Facebook page, uh, where we're streaming the video of this, um, I put a I put a link uh, for an article that sort of outlines it. He's really calling again for from this from this place of of, of morality, uh, from a, for a sweeping effort from the federal government to dismantle the racist policies and structures that have been uh, part of how this nation functions since its inception, really, since it's, yeah. since it's non-Indigenous inception, I should say, um, and, and, and to really begin to reimagine American society as, as a place that's better for all of us. And, right. and, um, and, uh, he says, the story of our struggle for freedom is not linear. Every advance towards a more perfect union has been met with a backlash of resistance. Every advance towards a more perfect union has been met with a backlash of resistance. This is why we are on the third reconstruction and the first one didn't take because it's right. always been that, that backlash. Well, and he's, he, he, um, you know, he's when he it's the federal government, like and the policies and he's he really he says and he believes and what he preaches and, and what he's, you know, in, encourages us all to um, to engage with is that there's not this scarcity of resources, but there's a scarcity of the consciousness. Right. So so we have the capacity to give Americans health insurance, but we choose not to. Yeah. Um, but whenever a corporation needs money, they get a tax cut. Yeah. But we we don't we're not committed to, you know, uh, caring for marginalized communities, for yeah. you know the resource poor and low income and um, <clears throat> disenfranchised. Yeah. Get, they get the short end of the stick, which hurts everybody. We 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 have the we can afford to send in everyone to college for free. Yes, it's not it's not impossible. Right. Um, how do we know it's not possible? It used to happen, right? right? There was a time when at least community college was was free for everyone. Uh, so so it, it could happen. The U.S. just canceled, uh, was it like over $400 million in student debt for 
that was owed to you know for-profit universities uh, because of those universities were really misleading applicants in terms of of the loans that they gave them. So so that got canceled. Uh, student debt payments were frozen for so many people during the pandemic, right? Those companies didn't go under, like it, yeah. you know. And 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 when we when we when we look at the in inequities of student loans, and we look at who normally has to take those loans out because for the most part, generational wealth is not the same among communities of color right? because of dating all the way back to reconstruction times, right? So, so it's, it's again, skewed to punish one, not punish, but, but adversely affect one group or groups of people more than others. Um, So, so you're right. uh, Or, or, Say say whatever we want about where we are as a country and how far we've progressed. The I think the motivating factor is greed for yeah. for for a lot of people for for corporations for for much of the government. Um, you know, and don't get me started on the amount we continually spend on our military budget that we don't need to. Right. Um, you know, we, we, we have that military budget. We're still spending more than than any other country in the world. Right. And that money can be used for many other things. The, the backlash against the defund the police was, again, using you, you t- taking taking the realization that the reason why there is crime is because of the lack of of, of resources and policies in so many communities, because so much funding is going to law enforcement. And it's not making law enforcement bad. What it's saying is maybe if a lot of that money was put into more resources for for members of the community, especially in communities that are predominantly uh, lived in by people of color, which are which are tend to be ignored, if more resources are put there, then there won't be the need for the crime, mm-hmm. and it would actually help law enforcement in the in in the long run but the pushback you know was like no police lots of crime it's all gonna like be a disaster so 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 he's right there's always there's always this pushback i and i i you know i come back to the the um you know the moral thing because that's he you know it's it's a call to what's you know what's the right thing um, and I, you know, if someone asks me that, um, particularly in, you know, in spiritual communities and coming back to, you know, um, what we talk about and, and even when we open the show about, you know, having these conversations, you know, regarding our individual spiritual growth and development and spiritual communities is what is the right thing? You know, they, um, I think that's, I think that's where people often get stuck <clears throat> and I would encourage people, well, what does your faith say? You know, what does your faith say? Your faith says that um, if, if what my faith says um, and what the, the philosophies that I live by, the values I live by is that we're all created as, you know, we're fully human and fully divine, then my behavior needs to back that up, which means it's not comfortable. <laughs> And, doing the and, right thing is and, not and you say you, you say the question what does our faith say I, i'd like to lean into that a little bit and go is um what does it actually say versus what we think it says right right what what we've how 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 have we and and this isn't just happening in utah this happens in uh, in all religious faith communities how have we sometimes twisted a teaching to aid our comfort Right. You know, how often do we spiritual bypass in order to use our teachings to aid in our comfort as opposed to yes. using those teacher those teachings to to light a fire under us? Yes. Um, you know, in my in in my latest uh column, Love and Justice in Unity magazine, I said, you know, here here in Unity we, we hold Jesus up as as the, the, the example, right? Um Jesus Jesus was not a chill dude sometimes. I mean, he called people out, he insulted people, 
call them names. And I'm not saying that we got to go and be mean like Jesus. I never thought I'd say that out loud. Don't be mean like Jesus. What I'm, <laughs> what I'm simply saying, what I'm simply saying is take a page from his book in terms of being willing to get out of a comfort zone and make other people uncomfortable in the name of equity and justice and, and justice broadly interpreted as a love in action. Right. Uh, Jesus didn't hesitate to call out the people who were who were stuck in their fragility and comfort zones and using scripture to 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 back that up, right? And he was like, "Nope, that's not that's not going to fly. That's that's not that's not what that meant." So so a lot of us, when you say what do our scriptures say, a lot of us are 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 willing to quote our teachings, but quote them in a way that support our inaction, that support our fragility that support our being stuck in our comfort zones. So, so yeah, that's a real question. What do, what, what do our teachings really say? Well, and here's another little twist uh, that people may not realize is that he actually, Jesus, while he certainly lived under Roman rule, yet within his own population, he had some privilege. Mm -hmm. He used his privilege, which is that's, what us white bodies need to be doing is using our privilege to dismantle um, the systems and um, Christianity. Okay. So let me throw this out there too, that Christianity so, so quickly. Cause we only got like a minute. Okay. They um, kind of gets, they gotten stuck in this, the crucifixion resurrection of Jesus, rather than here's a bunch of people that killed this person of great importance, a healer, you know, um, and if you kill a healer, then you need to make amends. So what are you doing, like, but gotten stuck in this death thing? Yeah. Like a whole religion created around one bad day in the life of this guy. Yep. So um, so um, before we go, um, learn some more about this third reconstruction. Go to uh, poorpeoplescampaign.org uh, and um, learn about what it's all about um, and how you yeah. can, ways you can support it either through donations or through your actions and and do some readings around uh finding out where you are stuck in your comfort zone and how you are uh what can you do to help get us in the direction we need to be going um so i think that's it for today um this episode of with love and justice for all tell your friends about us look us up on facebook um, call into the show and let us know what you're thinking and learn more about what we do at projectsanctus.com. That's it for now. Let's get our holy week. on.